my name is Benita and my nickname is Bonnie, uh, last name Bergen, and my title is President CEO. So what inspired you to create the organization? I'd been working with kids at uh, Juvenile Hall and we've been taking the, the kids into the, uh, we've been taking dogs into Juvenile Hall to work with the kids and the kids obviously had a lot of emotional and, and, and you know, problematic backgrounds and things like that. And their training the dogs was doing an amazing, just amazing job of, of preventing recidivism. So when we heard about all of the problems that were going on with veterans that were returning to the United States after being in uh, Afghanistan and, and Iraq and, and uh, the, back, the Middle East, essentially, we, we realized that the dogs could possibly help in that vein as well. And so we just got pretty excited about doing it. We made contact with some people down at Menlo Park uh, Trauma Care Center for the veterans and went to work. So uh, I went to the facility in Virginia today and a lot of the, uh, the people there also went to your, your college program. How is it that, you know, a lot of the workers just stay, you know, with you and support the mission? Well, essentially, the, the mission, the initial mission was a project of the universities. And then over time, we realized that it, you know, it really needed to be separately incorporated, but it is licensed by the university to be done. And we, you know, we make sure that we're we couldn't just set up a new nonprofit and they would know nothing to begin with and they'd have no paperwork and they'd have no dogs and they'd have no methodologies. So we did license. The university trustees licensed the uh, idea to pause for Purple Hearts and continue to be involved in it. And so all of the graduates from Bergen that are, that are interested can get hired by Pause for Purple Hearts. And so we have a lot of our staff out there uh, that are working. And they all know about the dog methodology and they are taught in how to, the how-tos of working with, with uh, dogs and how to working with veterans and how to helping veterans learn how to train dogs as their therapy. And then of course the dogs they train are placed with fellow veterans which is a very strong incentive for those veterans with that are having difficulties to to do the program because they really want to help their fellow veterans. So it's a, it's amazing connection. Where did your passion for training dogs begin? <laughs> I I had a I had a pet dog uh, all my life. Obviously, um, very involved with dogs but I didn't know anything about dog training so when I was in when I my husband and I went to uh Australia and taught and then we went through Asia and Europe and you know uh India Pakistan Afghanistan etc before the war started and saw a lot of people with disabilities leaning on on burrows you know to get around um where in the United States every people with disabilities were institutionalized at that point in time 
So when I was, I came back and the, the mainstreaming law was going through in uh, the United States and I knew nothing about disabilities. And so I went into a master's class in special ed, early childhood education and, and listened to the other individuals in the class talk about institutionalizing people with disabilities and what they could do by putting stainless steel on the walls and feeding nutritious meals. And I had seen so many people with disabilities in Asia get around you know, with the help of animals. And literally, I will say, I thought in, in Santa Rosa, California, they would not allow burros going down the streets of town. So I thought, dogs. <laughs> and that was it. That's been the rest of my life. And I knew nothing about training. I tried to get trainers to do it. I tried to get guide dogs for the blind to do the idea. Everybody said, no, 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 it couldn't be done. It won't work. Give it up. And I couldn't give it up. So eventually I as a teacher, I started teaching dogs using teaching methods, not training methods. And it worked and it just grew and grew and grew. Now it's all over the world. It is. And I'm just, yeah, and I'm a little country person. I'm not a sophisticated city or, you know, highly educated out of the best, you know, universities in the country. I'm just local. Well, how does it feel to you personally for making an impact in these veterans' lives? I am from the Vietnam era. And a lot of uh, guys my age were drafted. Uh, drafting was happening at that time. And they came back from the war just destroyed. I mean, very you know, emotionally destroyed. Nobody called it PTSD at the time, but it was really bad. And one of them in particular was my husband's best friend and he moved in with us when we came back and, and uh, he stayed with us for quite a while. Um, and it was obvious that he didn't wanna leave the house. I mean, he had all the typical sy symptoms of PTSD, although at the time I didn't know it. And um, it just, it just broke our hearts. So when we were in Australia and then we went to the Philippines to visit my husband's brother, we got a letter saying he died essentially. And it was, you know, probable suicide. And from that point forward, it, you know, it became a mission. So when I was at the facility today, I talked to everyone on the team and they're great. Uh, how is it that you know, your idea is now a mission all over the, the world now. I, I don't know how. Um, obviously, the part that PTS, the, the part that Pause for Purple Hearts has played in that is a part of it. Um, but I think the fact that dogs are so amazing and they can help in so many different ways, it just built on itself. I mean, the dogs did it. I didn't do it, the dogs did it, and they continue to do it, and they make such an awesome difference in the lives of, of all of us, but certainly people with emotional or mental dis disabilities that their love and their affection and they're able to connect to people in ways that another person can't and help bring that person out of their you know, emotional states is just remarkable. 
what have you learned from these dogs? Uh, <laughs> I, I that would take a book, but uh, certainly <laughs> I I think I've learned a lot more about being able to love and myself, just me, not to mention um, other what how it affects other people. To I mean, we know that oxytocin, the eye contact and the touch and stuff like that is a relationship hormone that is released. And it's certainly, it's certainly when you have a dog in your lap and you're petting them and touching them and they're looking into your eyes and, and they're giving you the, that sense of, I care about you, I love you. It's, you know, it's reciprocated by humans and I'm, I'm no different than anybody else. I love my dogs. So I'm, I think, I think it's the dogs that, that, that did it. No, I agree because because uh, I, uh, I work from home and I have uh, two dogs and they, we're we're coworkers. So if it wasn't for them, uh, I know that it wouldn't be the same. Uh, so I absolutely agree. Just you know, dogs being there makes a difference. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt about it. So what motivates you? When I was in the seventh grade, one of my one of my teachers lost his finger and all the kids in school made fun of him. And I just I couldn't handle it. And I just stood up against that. And I'm very shy, or I was very shy then, but I stood up against it. And I've realized ever since then that you have to help people with disabilities and you have to support them and you have to give them opportunities that they might not otherwise have. And you have to let other people know that they too need to support and help people with disabilities. And you know the good news is you don't have to tell a dog to do that; they do it on their own, but um certainly people need to know that. Where do you want to see the organization in the next three to five years? We are trying to have every veteran across the United States that is having any kind of emotional or mental difficulties or physical difficulties be able to get a dog from us or work with us with our dogs. And that's gonna take not just the six regions, uh, you know, centers in the six regions, which we, we're right now have five of our six regions across the country. There is at least one uh, office and facility, but we wanna get all six and then we want satellite centers around those regions as well so that no one is out of reach and can connect and can get to us and get the help they need. And we'll do it. <laughs> it will happen. So uh, Claire, can I actually ask you a question? Absolutely. So how, what was it about Bonnie's mission to be involved with this? Oh my gosh. I mean, I've been volunteering at the college since I was 11 years old. So it's definitely been something I've grown up with is revolved around helping 
not just veterans, but helping anyone with a disability of any kind. And it was started with puppies and puppy parenting and all of it. And it was just, she's such an inspiring person to work for. And I never looked back. I've always loved working with her and it just worked out that I graduated college and she invited me to come work for the national office and I did not turn it down at all. I was ready to go. Mm -hmm. And she is, by the way, ready to go. She goes. <laughs> I do go. <laughs> and by the way, Jeremy is sitting here as well. And Jeremy's our general manager at PPH. And he is, when he came aboard, he helped consolidate a lot of personalities that needed to have someone to really uh, respond to. And he's been doing that. He's just amazing. So yeah, Jeremy, uh, how did you get uh, involved with the organization? Sure. Uh, so I, similar to, similar to Claire, have a connection with Bonnie that's of, of getting to be a few years old now. Um, I was one of Bonnie's master's <laughs> students um, for Bergen University back in 2011. So I came down, um, I'm a Canadian originally. I found out about her school from a service organization in Canada that I was volunteering at at the time. They said, hey, we know you're interested in doing graduate studies. There is a school in the States that you can do that, get a science degree and focus on the dogs and service dogs, no less. So I signed up and the kind of the rest is history. I did my three years with her as a master's student. Uh, as a Canadian, I went back to Canada and I ran a business up there uh, for eight years. And I was lucky enough to receive my green card uh, November, 2021. And I moved back down and uh, I've been working with Bonnie since March of last year. I think it's, I think it's accurate to say we grabbed him, just <laughs> like we grabbed Claire to come aboard and, and help make this dream come true. And it's no small organization at all because just researching and seeing all these different facilities and now being one this in one this morning, it was, Huge. How is it to, you know, uh, keep everything running smoothly? Uh, <laughs> That's a good question for Jeremy. Um, well, I think like, How are you doing with, that? <laughs> with any organization, I think there's a structure and there's pros and cons that come with that structure. There's different ways to set things up. There's different ways to have a chain of communication and to have people perform tasks. Um, it's challenging because what we find, which is unique to us in our industry, is that we have a human component, we have a client component, but we also have a dog component. So everything organizational has to have that third component in it. We have to make sure all of our buildings, all of our facilities around the country have the right zoning and permitting, that they have accessibility, that they have a location to our clients, so the VAs, et cetera, et cetera. So there's almost this third part of, a, I'll call it a triangle, that we are always integrating and working through the, the business model as we go forward. And I think that's pretty unique to us. And that causes a lot of challenges because just like people, dogs are unique. So they're pop, uh, like the way they, they work, what they're good at, what they're better at, what they need help with. It can be environmental, it can be their own thing. So we have to really fine tune each of these different levels, each of these different locations. Anchorage, Alaska has far different weather than we have in San Diego. So just working around that is a, is a component to what we have to do. 
Uh, we have a good team though. Um, we do do a lot of stuff through remote work. Uh, we do a lot of asynchronous work where we are connected with our tasks and our missions, but we go off and we do it regionally. And then we come back together and we have um, meetings and we, we talk about what went well, what could go better, and we try to improve each other's uh, processes that way. So I asked one. Oh. Sorry, go ahead. No, uh, Bonnie, go ahead, please. Clara is a major part of the fundraising component for the national office reaching out to the to the region. So she has a lot of insight into every single individual region and she works with them to get things like our newsletters done and our, you know, coordination in terms of fundraising. And she's just graduated <laughs> from college. It's amazing. She's really a remarkable and the well, the staff is remarkable. Heather's amazing. I'm sure you met Heather and yeah. a lot of the staff out at Luther Glen. Yeah, they are. And that was our very first site. That was the the magical site that said this works and let's keep going. Because I asked her about it being like, because she said it was much smaller then and to see it grow, uh, she thought that was amazing. But I did ask her one more thing, which uh, I want to ask you all too, is when you're training these dogs, do you have that emotional attachment with them? If you don't, you can't train them. They won't respond. They need to know that you care about them and that they care about you and that there is a teamwork together, even to learn. And just like any educational institution, schools, kids with with teachers, if there's no connection, that learning is just not nearly as strong. And these dogs have to be strong in their in their skills to go out and do the job they have. What did, what were what was their answers? <laughs> that it was basically, of course, how can you not? And you know, <laughs> and but they did say they you know, keep track of some of the dogs and see where they are now, which helps them, you know, it's not completely done. You get to follow their progress. Yeah. And part of um, ADI requirements is for us to maintain that communication channel. So we do have regular check-ins through our network, through our client liaison and through our team members to make sure that they are a team together they are operating at the, the level that they need to operate on and that there isn't uh potentially some things that have come up in in the meantime that we could just solve for them or help them out with we're a family yeah, sorry bonnie i was just gonna add i think it yeah. also that emotional connection it makes it so much more rewarding to watch them graduate and fulfill accomplishments alongside a veteran that can utilize them in the best way it 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 feels so so rewarding because of that emotional connection too so how did you get interested in what we're doing so i actually i i research nonprofits and find you know interesting ones around and and different ones and i saw your organization pop up quite a few times and then i researched and you know, it's so important for veterans to have, you know, 
companionship and someone to know they're not alone and what you guys are doing. And especially now after being at the facility, how much love and care it is for these veterans. So I'm, I'm glad I talked to everyone because what you're doing is, is really uh, amazing. Uh, unfortunately, it's not just any dog. It has to be a dog that, that is so well-tuned in its breeding, so well-attuned to humans and wanting to help. There's a lot of different dogs that have different jobs, have been bred for different, different kinds of jobs, but Goldens and Labs have been bred definitely to work hand-in-hand -hand with humans over the centuries, and they are just remarkable in the work that they do and in the love that they give and and it's you know we have to be our breeding has to be well well done because we can't give a veteran a dog that has for example a short lifespan because right. of a health issue genetic health issue and the and the temperament has to be uh obviously very appropriate for the job and their trainability has to be very appropriate as well. So we work very hard in the breeding to make sure that we, but not just the breeding, the early puppyhood upbringing is just like early childhood education. They, they need that early puppyhood enrichment and education and experiences so that when they go out to work with a veteran, they're not surprised at a vacuum cleaner or they're not shocked when the car drives by and, and, they, and they pull away because if they pulled away from the veteran, that could trigger a PTSD episode. Right. So they have to be calm. They have to be appropriate. They have to be totally in love with their, their person. They have to be wanting to respond to any need that person has. And at the same time, they, they want to be loved. And Bonnie, what, what do you want your legacy to be? I don't I don't think I have one. <laughs> I want I want I think I want the dog's legacy to be more significant than it is. I mean, the reason that the school was founded, what the university was founded is to bring the dog into an academic subject of study because it had just been a backyard pet and there wasn't right. much in the way of any research. When I started the concept, there was nothing. I had nothing to go by, but just people's ideas. And now there's a lot of research out there. Now there's a lot of awareness of exactly, and I'm going to say not exactly, but to somewhat what the dog can do. But we don't know the end results. We don't have, we have never seen a limitation to what a dog can do. We teach him to read words. We teach him to mimic our behaviors. We teach them all kinds of amazing things and there's still no end in sight. So I think it's the dog that we really need to start to become recognized for, for what they have to offer far more than any individual. It's honestly, the more we know about dogs, the more we're gonna be able to count on them, team with them, share with them, partner with them. It's just, it's a remarkable, remarkable animal. Actually, I think of it as a human. <laughs> right. They're so, they're so close to being human-like. So how can uh, people reach out? 
Well, they certainly can. I'm not going to mince words about this. They certainly can donate to help us do a better job and to help us expand our services to more and more veterans and to continue building the dog's legacy, which is a, what I think is, is where this world needs to go. I think everything that we're seeing in terms of humans fighting humans is absurd. And I think the dog needs to be a part of all of our lives so that we love more.